Get ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM, featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. Good evening and welcome to Sports Info UM. I'm, I'm Daryl and I'm hanging out with Sam. What's going on, Sam? Not much, Daryl. Just trying to work off some of this turkey from the Thanksgiving holiday. <laughs> Oh, man, I had a great Thanksgiving, man. Nice family came over, cooked a couple sweet potato pies, some ham, turkey. Man, a lot of good stuff going on, dressing. Hey, but Sam, let's get right into this football, man, in the BCS. Hey, we have to, as, as, much of this, as much as it hurts me, we have to applaud Notre Dame. We have to give them their kudos. Undefeated season. Trust me, I know this is a big deal. In 1986, my University of Miami Hurricanes went undefeated. I was on that team. We ended up losing to Penn State in the Fiesta Bowl, but we did reach the undefeated season in the regular season. Hey, Notre Dame has done this. They put themselves in a position to play for the national championship. One half of the national championship has been settled. And let's see what's going to happen this weekend with the second half. It's never an easy task to, to win all of the games on your schedule. So you have to give credit where credit is due. Notre Dame, they went out and they beat everybody that was on their schedule. And in that process, they beat some really good football teams. You know, week in and week out, um, you kept asking yourself, is Notre Dame worthy of their lofty rankings? Well, you know, coming into the season, the voters didn't think so. Notre Dame was unranked in the AP poll. They were 24 in the coaches' poll. So they didn't come into the season with a lot of respect. But Notre Dame, just week in and week out, they went out and they beat their opponents. They started with my Wolverines uh, that was highly ranked coming into the season. They beat your Hurricanes. They went to Oklahoma, a place that a lot of people said that they couldn't go and win. And what and what did Notre Dame do? They came out victorious. Uh, they went to USC, uh, a, a so-called trap game, and they had some success this week, and they punched their ticket to the Orange Bowl in Miami. That half of the equation is over with. There's no doubt that Notre Dame will be in Miami and Notre Dame will be playing for the national championship. And i tell you one thing. The consumers are they are going goo-goo and gaga over Notre Dame because everybody loves the Irish. And uh, when Notre Dame is winning, the TV um, – Ratings are up, and uh, it, it's just a, a great thing for college football because they haven't been relevant in a while. So now the fight now, Iris is finally back. So what are you thinking on the, the other half of the picture? You know, uh, the Alabama-Georgia. The SEC will have another team in the BCS championship game. They got Florida on the outside looking in. But uh, what are your thoughts on Alabama facing um, a Georgia team and one of your former teammates? In well, you know, Coach Rick is a good friend. Um, I, I love that guy to death. I'm pulling for him all the way. Um, but I know it's going to be a tough game. You know, some people compare the University of Alabama to a professional team, saying they could come in and maybe beat some of these lower-ranking uh, NFL teams, which is un- unheard of. But I, I really think that um, Saban has built a serious machine in Alabama, and he has, he has you know, Mark has to have, have his work cut out for him. He knows he has his work cut out for him this week when he goes goes up against Coach Saban. And I know he's going to have a game plan. He has an awesome quarterback there. I know they're going to be doing some serious things. But he's going to play some hard-nosed football, going to play some tough defense. And I think Georgia has an opportunity to win this game between the line of scrimmage, right at the heart of where you win a game on the offensive line and the defensive line. We know that Georgia has one of the best defensive players in the, in the, in the nation this year. So I, I, expect, I expect Georgia to come out with a win. I, it's, they're going to be underdogs, and I expect them to come out with a win, though. Hey, well, you know, offense win games and defense win championships. Uh, just looking at this Georgia team, they have a big-time quarterback in Aaron Murray, who uh, Coach Dungy came out last week and said if he was drafting one or two, he would take Aaron Murray. Um, I'm sure that sent this stock through the roof. But uh, Georgia, I'm looking at this Georgia offense. They come in, they're averaging 190 yards a game rushing the football, which which ranks them 38th in the country. They pass for a little over 273 yards a game. The number 24 overall offense in the country, uh, a good quarterback. They have four receivers that have over 400 yards receiving, uh, two tailbacks, uh, Tar Gurley, a freshman running back that's over 1,100 yards and 14 touchdowns. 
touchdowns, and he's complimented by Keith Marshall, who has uh, 720 yards and eight touchdowns. But, you know, for every great offense, they say offense win games and defense win championships. You're talking about Georgia facing a defense that's ranked number one in the country, an Alabama defense that only allows – 70, 77 yards a game on the ground, 156 yards in the air, and, and they rank number one overall. And when you think about Nick Saban and his teams, you, th- you think about defense, just a sound defensive team. They're going to stop the run. They're going to make you one-dimensional. And if Georgia's going to have success, they're going to have to be balanced this week. They're going to have to be able to run the ball and control the line of scrimmage. And uh, Aaron Murray, he's going to have to go out and make some big-time plays in the passing game. Now, I do think Georgia has all of the weapons that it takes to be successful against Alabama, but I just, I just really feel that this Alabama team will not be denied after losing a couple weeks ago and just getting new life. I, I, I really feel it's going to be hard to beat this Alabama team. They're going to be a little down in the wide receiver spot. They lost one of their receivers, their third receiver they lost this year, but they do have the super freshman, Amari Cooper, who has over 700 yards and eight touchdowns, and just a quarterback who really knows how to manage the game, and A.J. McCarron. He's a um, He's a veteran. He's been there. He's played in the big game. Over 2,500 yards passing, 25 touchdowns, and only two interceptions. That tells me you have a quarterback that knows how to manage the game. He protects the football and gives this team opportunities to win the game. And when you think Alabama, they want to do what? They want to run the ball. They want to control the line of scrimmage. And they got two workhorse backs and uh, Eddie Lacy, who has over 1,000 yards and 14 touchdowns, and the super freshman, Yeldon, who has uh, close to 900 yards and, and 10 touchdowns. I just really feel that Alabama is going to be a little too much for Georgia at the end of the day. I think early on, Georgia come out with a, a lot of emotion. They're in Georgia. But the Crimson Tide, baby, they're going to roll tide. I just really feel they're going to roll tide, and that's going to set up, in my opinion, a national championship game that uh, America wants to see. Alabama, Notre Dame, it don't get it don't get much better than that. Two of the proud football programs in America. You know, I, I really think Alabama's coming to this game with a whole lot more pressure on them than the University of Georgia. You know, it's everyone's expecting them to be there. Everyone is expecting Alabama to to be beside um, Notre Dame for the national championship. So I think they're coming in here with a, with a little bit more pressure on them than Georgia. Not to say that Georgia doesn't have pressure on them because the closer you get to the top, the more pressure it's going to be. And, uh, hey, you only get one shot at this thing. So you gotta, you gotta give it your all. I, I think the pressure was losing the Texas A&M and not being able to control your own destiny. To me, that was, that was the pressure. Losing that game, not knowing if you were going to be able to defend your national championship. You knew that there was a great possibility that you would play in the SEC championship game. But when you lost that game, you were, you were just defeated. You didn't, you couldn't control your own destiny. But now Alabama is in a situation where we're in control. We are the defending national champions. We've been there. We were in this same situation last year. We lost to LSU in the regular season. We got another opportunity to play them in the national championship game. We won. This year, we lost to Texas A&M in a big game, and we didn't know if we would have the opportunity to defend our national championship. But now we get to face a Georgia team that if we can defeat, we get to go to Miami and play Notre Dame for the national championship. I just really feel that Nick Saban, he's going to have his guys ready. You know, Mark Rick, he's a great coach. Uh, get a lot of criticism in uh, Georgia. They tried to run him out of Georgia last year. He's done a fine job. I just think Alabama, at the end of the day, defense win uh, championships, offense win games. Alabama, to me, has the better defense. I'm looking for Alabama to beat Georgia in a close game. Well, Sam, I just totally agree. disagree with you. There's no way in the world that the SEC championship game, the game before the national championship game, is not going to have you on a little bit more of an edge than just say, a regular season game against Tennessee or, or um, Texas A&M or Georgia. No, this game here means everything. This it means everything. All the marbles. If you win this you have a chance to come home with the hardware. You know what I mean? You have a chance to come home with one of these rings on my finger, Sam. You know, and if you win the regular season game or you lose the regular season game, in some cases you still, just like Alabama and Georgia, one loss in the regular season and they still have a chance to play for the national championship. One loss in this SEC championship game 
And, and your season, it's over. And, and and I agree with you totally that everything is on the line in this game. Yes. But what I am saying is Alabama has been there. They have been in this situation. When you talk about Georgia, you're talking about a team that wasn't sure if their coach was going to survive last year's uh, 0-2 start. They rebounded. They won this year. They came into this season. They lost early to to the old ball coach in South Carolina. But I'm just talking about an Alabama team that has won two out of the last three national championships. So you have some guys on that team that has won two national championships and are preparing to play for a third one. So they understand what it takes, how to prepare, getting ready to play in this SEC championship game. Yes, this is the national championship game for Alabama and Georgia because if you don't win, you don't play for the national championship. But I just feel that Alabama has been there. They're, they're going to be more prepared for this game. They have better, they have a better defense than Georgia. And at the end of the day, they're going to get the job done. You know, Sam, when I when I when I think about this, you know, Alabama is a very fortunate team. I mean, really, I mean, they are fortunate because when you look at Ohio State, if they're self if they if, if they're self imposed last year, it, this whole story might be totally different. And you look at Oregon, one loss. You know, if they have if they have been ranked a little bit higher in the preseason, this story might be totally different. Kansas State. One loss. If they had lost in the beginning of the season, this whole story, we could be talking about a whole different story. So I, I look at Alabama and say, hey, they must think they're lucky stars, man. Really? Hey, I, I totally disagree with, with all of that that was just said because you think about it. Kansas State with one loss, I don't care if they came into the season ranked ahead of Alabama or Georgia, Oregon for the same um same matter, if they were ranked ahead of Alabama or Georgia, it's the strength of schedule, and that's what benefits Alabama and Georgia. That's why they're in this situation, because they play in the far superior conference, the SEC. Week in and week out, they're playing better teams, higher-ranked teams, and, and, and in this BCS, that's what, it's, that's what it's about. It's based off strength of schedule, the teams that you play. So with the conference that Kansas State and Oregon's in, it just doesn't allow them, regardless of where they came into the season ranked, to, um, to leapfrog or Alabama or Georgia. Because if you're really looking at the BCS uh, rankings, Florida sits at uh, number five. Florida, Florida sits at number four. LSU is at number seven with two losses. It just goes to show you that the toughness of the SEC. So week in and week out, those teams are playing better opponents. So regardless of where you came into the season ranked at, you know, you get to play better teams. And when you play better teams and you defeat better teams and have an 11-1 and record, you deserve to play for the national championship over some of those other teams that has an 11-1 and record that played a couple cupcakes in between. Timing is everything, and Alabama was fortunate that they lost at the right time. So is Georgia. You know, and Georgia's fortunate they lost at the right time. And I'm telling you right now, if – if when they which one whichever one of those teams lose this week, is no question, you know they're out of the race for the national championship. They're not out of a, Georgia, out of Georgia, and Alabama. They're not only out of the race for the national championship, they're out of the race for a BCS bowl bid because Florida's going to be a higher ranked team than those teams, and based off the BCS uh, pickings, nine times out of ten, Florida will uh, leapfrog the loser of this game. So the loser of this game is probably going to end up in the Citrus Bowl in uh, Orlando, Florida, or either Outback Bowl in Tampa. Well, they're coming to Florida, man. You can't come to a better state than Florida. That's that's without a doubt. Hey, but it goes from national championship to Florida in a second-tier bowl. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. We will be right back after the break with more exciting college football news. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports hey did you know voice america has partnered with the kid star network to expand their reach through voice america kids voice america kids will feature talk radio for kids by kids along with special event programming and live broadcasts 
Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, Sam, man. Um, you know, a lot of coaches are on the hot seat. I mean, a lot of coaches are really on the hot seat. Um, Auburn lost over the weekend, and um, Wayne Chidick, they told him, hey, uh, we'll be sending you a big check every month for the next four years, as long as you don't get a job, Wayne. Hey, uh, two years after winning the national championship at Auburn, you know, you're talking yeah. about a major surprise. Uh, it, it's going to cost Auburn a lot of money uh, to the tune of close to $11 million to get rid of uh, – Chizik and his assistant coaches, but at the end of the day, I, th- I really think Auburn, uh, they made the right call. Auburn is in a, a talent-rich state in just two years. I mean, they're, they're recruiting big-time players at Auburn University, and for the bottom to fall out, uh, that just goes to show you how important Cam Newton was to his <laughs> his success. And, uh, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of names uh, thrown out there. Who's going to get this job? Uh, I, I tell you one name that Auburn has really – has always been infatuated with is uh, Bobby Petrino. Bobby Petrino is a guy that Auburn tried to even hire when Tuberville was at Auburn and was having a lot of success. So uh, he he was a guy that's that's really been on their radar. I don't know uh, after firing this coach and making that type of uh, financial commitment to him and his assistants if they'll be able to hire Bobby Petrino. But at the same time, with Bobby Petrino in the situation he had at Arkansas, financially it might make sense that they can give him a, a low-ball offer, and that's something he'll take. Also, another name is Charlie Strong, the, the keeper I own, the Louisville head coach. And uh, another name, a sleeper name, is a guy that Auburn had a lot of success with, Gus Malzahn, the offensive coordinator on that national championship team, a guy that just climbed out of the high school ranks and that, that has had a lot of success in college football, Gus Malzahn and his uh, spread attack. Um, he's at Arkansas State now. So that's a, another name you want to keep your eye on for that Auburn job. You know, um, Bob Petrino, he comes with a lot of dirty laundry, man, and I just really don't think um, people are ready to, to take a chance on him quite yet. You know, the Auburn program is under, under um, investigation. Uh, investigation right now. They just came out of an investigation with the Cam Newton situation. They really just can't afford to bring in somebody like him with, with, with not such a, a clean, clean record on, the, on his belt. And um, I'm going to tell you, man, don't be surprised when you start hearing Jimbo Fish's name being called out about that Auburn job. Um, he's a good coach. He's done a wonderful job at Florida State. And don't be surprised if his name comes out. Hey, Derek Dooley lost his job. He lost this job when he got the job because he shouldn't have never got the job. At Tennessee. You know, at Tennessee. Well, yeah. uh, 
Hey, you know, going back to that Jimbo Fisher, if you're Auburn, you have to at least put out a filler. You have to call and say, yes. hey, hey, coach, are you interested? I mean, Jimbo had a lot of success at Auburn. Uh, he's coached there. He understands the dynamics of everything. So if you're them, you at least have to put out a filler to please your alumni, to please the powers right. that be and say, hey, we're at least making an opportunity. And going back to Dooley, hey, um, you know, maybe he was in over his head. He followed Lane Kiffin. He had some success early on. Uh, the 5-7 the and seven record his first year, you know, or 6-7 and seven after the way Lane Kiffin uh, left the job, you know, people thought that, hey, maybe Tennessee's on the rebound were coming back, but it, it just never panned out. Uh, a lot of people feel he got that job because of his last name. Uh, the, the guy who uh, I thought would have been just the right fit, uh, Cutcliffe, Coach Cutcliffe at uh, at Duke, he took himself out of the running. He signed an extension. He said he was happy being at Duke. To me, that was a name that would have made a lot of sense, but uh, – I think the guy that uh, Tennessee wants and uh, America wants is uh, John Gruden. You know, uh, Gruden's wife graduated from Tennessee, and uh, that's one of the jobs that Gruden has uh, really kind of had his eye on. Uh, you know, Gruden has been studying the Oregon offensive attack. He's been studying the college game, the spread attack, just in case he uh, he took a, a college coaching job. Uh, another name that might surprise some people is Butch Davis. You know, Butch Davis has had a lot of success coaching football. Uh, right now he's a consultant with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, he's still getting paid from North Carolina, but I'm sure Tennessee, they're willing to break the bank to get the, to get this hire right. Tennessee's a proud football program, uh, has had a lot of success, and sometimes the grass isn't always greener. You know, they, they kind of pushed Philip Fulmer out the door, but uh, Philip Fulmer, all he, done, all he did was win ball games at Tennessee. So Tennessee has got to, they, they've got to get it right or they're going to fall into the, ten, into the Kentucky category. Into the has-beens. Yeah, and, you know, Coach Farmer did a good job, and I, I agree with you. They kind of forced him out. Um, Coach Gruden, man, he makes a lot of money. He makes, he makes a coach's, coach's salary commentating for ESPN for the Monday night football games, doing other shows about um, quarterbacks, potential college, college quarterbacks coming to the pros. He does a lot of things for them, and he's making a, a college coach's salary doing a part-time job. But, so I don't think he's going to be – I don't think we're going to see him coming Gruden, back. But Gruden's a what? He's a ball he's, coach. He's, he's a, ball. a ball coach at the end of the day. Now, sometimes, hey. sometime, you know, uh, you know, Gruden's a guy that sleep three, four hours, man. I, I had the opportunity to play for Gruden in Oakland, a guy that, that, that doesn't need a lot of sleep, that, that functions very well. At the, man, the, the guy loves football. And, uh, you know, maybe he was working too hard. Maybe he was burnt out, you know, uh, and, and all those wonderful things he, he's done for ESPN, the, the, the quarterback show, the Monday night football. He also got a chance to help out with his son's uh, high school football. So maybe that was something that he wanted to do, see his kid off. Now that he's done all that, he's moonlighted as an, as an announcer. He's, he's a, a, a pretty good announcer at that. But, you know, the one thing, that, that, that burns him, and I'm sure it's the way that he was forced to lead the game. Uh, John Gruden, to me, he's a competitor. He's a guy that wants to leave on his own terms, and and I know it's just burning him up to, um, to get back into the um, coaching game. I, I think the only question is, is it going to be in college or the pros because the NFL is going to also come calling. I just don't see Coach Gruden um, coming back to the game anytime soon. And for the same reason that Bob Petrino – uh, will not be coaching next year. Butch Davis probably will not be coaching for that same reason. He left a black eye on North Carolina, man, and they really he he put them in a position where they're still being um, penalized by the NCAA. And I love Coach Butch Davis a lot. And um, and trust me, I'm all about the players getting money and um, and having opportunities to do things. And I'm not so mad at him for helping these kids or seeing that some of these kids got um, got got taken care of. Some of them needed to be taken care of. I don't condone the cheating, but, uh, you know, North Carolina, they got bigger issues, especially when it comes to the academics. That goes back 20 years. That goes back before Coach Butch Davis. He had nothing to do with that, the academic scandal that's taking place at North uh, Carolina. He at, had a lot at, to do with North some Carolina. of the scandals that are going on there. I, I'm and, talking about the academics. I'm talking 20 years. That line. When you go back 15, 20 years, he had nothing to do with that. What's currently going on and some of the issues, the position he left them in. But, hey, what is he going to take? It's going to take a – it's going to take a – uh, athletic director or or president with some kahunas to say, hey, 
We want a coach that's going to get the results that we're looking for. You want somebody that's going to win football games. Hey, you might have some stipulations in his contract. If he break rules, he don't get paid. If he's forced to leave by not doing things the right way. But at the end of the day, the guy's a proven winner. He's won everywhere he's been. He know how to recruit. He know how to build programs. So you're going to have to just find somebody that's going to have, they're going to have to have the courage to go out and make that type of risky hire. No risk, no reward. The guy's a big-time football coach. Did he break some rules? Yes. But, hey, what coach hasn't broken rules? You know, sometimes you self-report text messaging uh, kids when you don't supposed to talk to them. You you self-report you bumping into a guy and saying hi to him. Hey, you're still breaking the rules at the end of the day. Hey, um, John L. Smith was hired on an interim basis. They basically told him, hey, man, go in there and – and uh, watch over the program. Don't mess it up. And if you mess it up, it'll be all right. Um, John L. Smith, is, he's out the door for sure. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's out of coaching completely. You know, um, I just didn't like how, how Arkansas hired him. Didn't think it was fair to the program that he was taken away from. Didn't think it was fair to the, to the program that he went to. Uh, as a matter of fact, if they were going to do it, they got rid of Bob Petrino. They should have just hired from within. And let's just um, – Deal with this season, but you know John L was on that staff, and he left. I know he left to take a head coaching job, and he had some head coaching experience. So, uh, to me, I think that was a pretty good. It, it was a good hire. It made sense, and the fact that you want a guy with head coaching experience. Um, but uh, the way he left the the program to come back to Arkansas, I, I didn't really like that that part of it. But uh, I under uh, I can understand what Arkansas was trying to do. They want they thought they had a chance with the team that was coming back to compete for a national championship. You wanted to keep all your coaches in place, and sometimes you create internal uh, friction when you promote one guy and not promote another guy. So, Hey, what's the best way to do it? Let's bring in John L. Smith, let him manage this. And, uh, what, what happened? It blew up in their face. The, um, athletic director, he got a, um, a two year extension, uh, Jeff Long. And he said that he's going to have a coach hired in the next 10 days. Uh, I'm just not sure. Uh, I'm sure Gruden's going to pop up on their radar again, but, uh, I'm not sure who's going to take that job. Some of the names out there that's going to be uh, getting a lot of buzz, Charlie Strong, Malzahn, he's he's an Arkansas guy, uh, Chris Peterson from Boise State. Another hot name is James Franklin in the job that he's done at uh, Vanderbilt. And um, a, a guy that's under the radar is uh, Daryl Hazel from Kent State. He's just done a tremendous job at uh, Kent State, got them in a position uh, where they're, they're a win away from um, – maybe crashing the BCS party. So those are just some of the names, and you never know what some of these athletic directors are thinking. Maybe they want to take the UCLA route and go to the NFL and bring in a coach. UCLA has had some success from bringing more in from the NFL. You know, The NFL guys have a lot to sell to these college kids and um, the high school recruits. When you've been to the NFL, most kids from high school, they want to get to college, but from college they want to get to the NFL. So if you're you're if you're a coach with NFL coaching experience, you can sell them on, hey, I know what it takes to get you ready to play at that next level. And uh, I'm telling you what, these young kids, they want to hear how great they are and uh, their chances of playing to the NFL. So, hey, you got to kind of sell them on that when you're recruiting. Well, you know, um, Charlie Weiss kind of messed that up for some of these pro coaches going into the college ranks. But I, I would agree with you. Uh, I think some of these college coaches, some of these professional coaches on um, the guy at Penn State he's done a wonderful job there this year and from what I understand some of these co- professional teams are are looking at him again you know um I was really surprised that coach Cutcliffe um took his name out of out of the bag I think um he's he's a good coach um well respected and I, I thought that he was going to be able to um to I thought he'd be the, the number one candidate at the Tennessee job you know that was Peyton Manning's coach when he was at Tennessee Yep. Hey, man, but Tom O'Brien at um, um, NC State, um, their program has, has really been up and down. I mean, University of Miami beat them. They beat Florida State. I mean, he's out. Um, doesn't surprise me that he is out. Um, he's fired at the winning season, you know. Yeah. He, he's 7-5. and five, uh, He's 40-35 and 35 overall, you know. Uh, they, they, they have a new uh, – 
athletic director and uh, Debbie Yao. She came from Maryland, so uh, there's going to be a lot of speculation on who that next guy is. And uh, with, with uh, Miss Yao coming from Maryland, uh, when uh, Freegan was the head coach, she named the young James Franklin as the coach in waiting. So, you know, that's going to fuel a lot of speculation that uh, with James Franklin being at Vanderbilt, the success he's had at Vanderbilt, the recruiting, the winning at Vanderbilt, that's not an easy place to win, folks. So uh, just the job that he's done that's a tremendous job and his connection with the athletic director you know his name's going to be at the top of that list uh, and and i wouldn't be surprised if he took that job you know the acc is a lot more friendlier conference than the sec and uh you're going to have more resources probably at a north carolina state than you're at vanderbilt with the academic requirements but uh you just have to say man this guy has done a tremendous job at vanderbilt yeah hey and um and bc's coach man boston college um Frank Spizzano, he he's out, man. You know, he he was given that job in 2009 after being a coordinator for that program for a long time. You know, what some of these guys when they're just promoted as coaches, they don't really they don't really go out and look for a coach. They just promote from within. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes the program never skips a beat. But then sometimes these people are really not in a position to take these take these programs to the level they want to go to. Some guys are uh, they're better assistants than better yeah. head, than, than better head coaches, and uh, sometimes they're just not ready for these jobs. Uh, you know that Boston College job that that that's an interesting job. Uh, you're gonna have to really sell someone on coming there and uh and and recruit recruiting uh athletes to Boston College. A name that I'm going to throw out there is uh, Bob Diaco. He's the defensive coordinator. He's a um He's a Boston guy. He's the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame, and he has done a tremendous job at Notre Dame this year as he has that defense playing at a very high, high level. Uh, you know, Mike Sherman's another guy, the former uh, Texas A&M head coach, and uh, he's the offensive coordinator now with the Miami Dolphins. You know, some of these guys that – they see themselves as more leaders, and uh, I, I really feel Mike Sherman's a guy that would uh, be a nice fit for that Boston College job. <laughs> I don't you know, know if a lot of people are going to be knocking on their door saying, <laughs> I want that job. So, you know, hey, sometimes uh, they might have to take a chance on a young up-and-coming guy, and that's where I can see Bob Diaco uh, maybe fitting in there. You know, um, this guy Mike Price at UTEP, you know, he, he's been, he's out now at um, University of Texas El Paso. But at one point, man, this guy was the hottest coach in the nation. I mean, University of Alabama, he came in and basically got hired as a coach. And then he went and got drunk and had hung out with some strippers and lost his job before he could even get to the office, man. I think the pressure of that Alabama job got to him a little bit. But, uh, you know, Mike Price uh, played against him in the um, Rose Bowl for the National Championship in 1997. Uh, he was a big-time ball coach. He, he, you're talking about a fall from grace. Uh, but, but you know, hey, he he, he didn't uh, he fought the good fight. Uh, he had a lot of success at Washington State. Uh, he's won a lot of ball games and uh you know he rebounded well from that adversity at alabama and uh he he did he did a, a decent job at utep he's going out on under his own will so hey uh just congratulations to him you know you hate to see a guy uh fall from grace like that but uh hey he did bounce back, and that's that's the thing. That's what it shows you. If you're a big time ball coach, you're going to be able to rebound. So, like, the, I'm just going back to Butch Davis. You know, yeah, he had some adversity at North Carolina, but hey, when you're a big time ball coach, they're going to find you. They're going to they're going to find a reason to hire you. Uh, another job that's going to be interesting when we come back after the break is going to be that Cal job in the Pac-10. Uh, you know, they Cal pulled the trigger on Jeff Tefford after 11 seasons in Berkeley. And, uh, you know, that, that's going to be a big job. Colorado's another job in the, um, in the Pac-10 that's available. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network, and we're going to wrap up this college football segment when we come back. flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds Bart. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Info. Hey, um, Sam, man, it's only one more coaching job I'd like to talk to you about. That Cal, man, you know, uh, Jeff Tedford, man, he's been there a, a long time, 11 seasons, and he loses his job? Wow. Uh, man, you're talking about a guy that has an 82 and 57, uh, overall record. He'd probably go down as one of the greatest coaches in Cal history. Uh, but, you know, this is a result driven business. And, uh, over the last three years, man, it, it just has not done a great job. Nine and 18 in the Pac 12, uh, it just wasn't enough for him to get a 12th year. You know, he has done some great things, uh, with the programs he coached Aaron Rodgers and had, he just could never get over the hump. You know, a couple of years he was right there challenging USC and you thought that, wow, man, maybe Cal will overtake USC as the power in the Pac-10. Just never got over that hump. So, uh, you know, a guy who might be getting a call from, uh, from Cal is, uh, a guy who might be on his way out in the NFL is Ron Rivera, who was an, uh, a former All-American with Cal. So, you know, that, that that's just something to, um, to keep your eye on. You're talking about a guy who uh, the GM who hired you was fired this year in Carolina. He's a Cal grad. He, was, he had great success there as a player. So now you're talking about a marriage that could be made in heaven, man. That, that, that to me, that, it just makes sense. That, that that's a good possibility, but you know when you when your record is three and nine, and like you speak of the powers that be, when they look down and the stadium is not nearly as full as it was two years ago or last year, they start looking at the bank account and it's not what it used to be. Somebody's got to leave because they want the stadium full, they want a winning record, and they want money in their pockets for these programs. These programs make millions and millions and millions of dollars, man, and they're not in the business of losing money. That's why people lose their jobs. So, hey, man, what's going to create more excitement than uh, a former Bear All-American, a guy who understands uh, how the program is supposed to be run? The one thing I can say for Teffer, he did have them build some nice facilities. So, as far as luring recruits to your campus, uh, you know, it's a bells and whistle um, business also. You know, you got to have the facilities to compete with the other places. When a kid step on a USC campus, he's going to be comparing that to what he saw at UCLA or what he saw at Cal. So, uh, you know, that that's just a big part in um, into the recruitment. But, uh, you know, hey, man, college is over for the day. Now it's time to talk about Turkey Day, man. You know, football. You think about Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. Think about Thanksgiving. You know, it's just a rite of passage. They eat a lot of 
uh, Turkey, uh, to be thankful for all your lovely family and, uh, just to watch the Lions, man. The <laughs> Lions and the Cowboys. It, it, it's just like, just something you, you grow accustomed to on Thanksgiving, man. So, uh, what did you think about the Detroit Lions and the, um, and the Houston Texans game? You know, from now on, when I think about this game on this past Thanksgiving, I'm gonna think about the run. The run when the guy's elbow hit the ground. And they let him get up, run for a touchdown. Detroit's coach got really upset, throws the challenge flag. The NFL says, because you threw the challenge flag and it's a play that we always challenge anyway, we're not going to replay that. And we're going to give you a 15-yard penalty on the kickoff. Man, I'm going to tell you right now, that was one of those rules that the next day, the NFL decided, hey, we have to change this. And so you can almost guarantee that this rule will be changed by the, t- by, by the time the game starts next weekend. Right now they're saying it's going to be changed by the playoffs because they don't want to start a season and change it. But uh, I, I blame the coach. I, I blame whoever. He should is. know the play. I sh- he, he should know he the knew, rule. He knew the rule. It, it just frustration. You frustration. know, uh, he was upset, and you know, hey, that, that's patient, just man. that's that's poor. That's a lack of judgment on him, and, and it really cost his team the ball game, and uh, probably uh, it's going to end up costing his team a chance to. Um, to um, compete for a playoff spot. That's a game that the Lions really needed. Uh, that loss, instead of them being five and six, they're now four and seven. And, uh, they got some work to do, especially with the Bears and, uh, Packers. The Bears are nine and two. The Packers are seven and four. So it just pushes them farther behind those two teams. Uh, but they also had a chance to still win the game. Yes. And the field goal kicker, he missed it. He missed a big time kick. Uh, you know, you know, to me, overall, it was an action filled game. It was a great game. It's, it's what you expect on Thanksgiving. I just would like to see the Lions win a game on Thanksgiving, you know, for once. It's been a while. It's been a long time. I think it's been like eight years since they won on Thanksgiving. Hey, but you know, when, when I think about, um, this guy, um, Sue, you know, he, he's about to get on my nerves with these antics that he's pulling, man. This week he comes out. He um he kicks the quarterback after he was taken down to the ground. Um, you know, it looked like it was flagrant. Some people say maybe it wasn't. It was one situation where um, Matt Schaub he had him kind of bundled up. But Matt Schaub had got rid of the ball. He pulled him down to the ground in a in a pretty violent way. You know, I know it is a violent sport, but last year he stomped a player during the game on Thanksgiving Day. This this year he kicks a player during Thanksgiving Day. Man, what is this guy's problem? Is he just wanting attention or he just can't control himself? Uh, to me, uh, you know, to me, that's a judgment call, you know, and I, I think the NFL got it right. Uh, he, he was not suspended, uh, for the, uh, alleged kick. You know, uh, he was falling over a guy. You, you never know. Hey, it, it looks can be deceiving. And, uh, with him being, uh, labeled as a player, a, a dirty player, it doesn't help him. But uh, hey, you know it, it is a violent sport, and there there's a lot worse going on than him kicking someone. How about let's get that call right that uh everybody knew the runner was down instead of doing what's right, you allow it to go, you allow it to go for a touchdown. I think we have other issues that we need to really be looking at. The referees were just following the rules, and the rules are clearly stated, you know. And like you said, the coach knew the rule. And he's still through the flag. And if he knows that they have a replay on every score in the NFL, come on, man. Just just have a little patience. Hey, man, the Washington Redskins and this guy, Robert Griffin, are just really rolling. Robert Griffin, Robert Griffin has proven that he is. Uh, he, he was worthy of the number one pick. You know, even though Andrew Luck went first, um, Robert Griffin went second. This guy has, is playing some lights out football. Man, he's really doing his thing. And the Dallas Cowboys and Tony Romo are still struggling. There's Bryant probably had one of the best games of the season, of his season this year, but still that was not enough for the Dallas Cowboys, man. I mean, uh, RG3, he just never seems to amaze me. Uh, he, he's a very, very accurate quarterback. And, you know, he pretty much had his way with, uh, with the Dallas Cowboys, uh, 20 or 28. Uh, four touchdowns over 300 yards pass, and he had one mistake of interception. But hey, you can live with that when this guy's being this uh, productive. And uh, just, just to me, uh, 
I really look at this Washington Redskins team, and, and I really feel that they're going to be a tough out. They're either if they don't make the playoffs, they're gonna they're gonna be a team that's gonna cause some teams to miss the playoffs because uh, it, it's gonna be hard to beat them with RG three playing at the level he's playing at. And uh, I also I love the rookie uh, running back Alfred Morris. He's just a great compliment to RG three. And you're talking about having a one two punch uh, in uh, Washington. Uh, Coach Shanahan has to be very very proud of uh, those two guys, two young guys that have been very productive in the Cowboys. You know, uh, when it just every time you think they're ready to get over that hump, they always do something um, to, to just disappoint you. Yeah, you know, and the cow, the Cowboys seem to just not have it. I mean, something's missing. Um, you know, Romo seems to be always running for his life. Um, they have not been able to put a solid running game together. Des Bryant is just coming around. Jason Witten is getting a little age on him. Um, Miles Austin, he's always dealing with a hamstring or a quadricep or something. You know, his team just really cannot. They don't seem to have an identity, no on offense or defense. You don't know whether Tony Romo is going to throw the ball 62 times like he did last week or they're going to try and uh, and run the ball. Um, it's It's just... It's just not a, a a good fit, and you just really wonder how long is that? How long is Jerry Jones going to put up with this shenanigans, man? How long is we going to see? How long are we going to see Dez Bryant and Tony Romo together? You know, is there is this the last of Dez Bryant or Tony Romo? Who's leaving first? Hey, that's a question for the GM. Uh, that, that's a question for the GM. The um... The owner, Jerry Jones. So you you never know. He needs to fire himself. Uh, that, that's one of the that's what that's my feeling on on that situation. But uh, just moving along, you know, the the cap off the Thanksgiving, uh, the New England Patriots and the New York Jets. You know, uh, this is the game that I thought would be a lot closer than what the score was after a scoreless first quarter. The bottom just fell out for uh for the New York Jets, and I can only imagine Rex Ryan what he was thinking when Sanchez ran into his line and fumbled for um, a scoop and score. And uh, New England scored every way possible. Tom Brady was was Tom Brady. You know, he's just a – you're watching greatness when you watch Brady, Manning, and Breeze. And, uh, you know, they, they did what they had to do to the Jets, and it just goes to show, man, how, how – how the bottom can fall out just just quick, man. There's a lot of issues going on in uh in New York, and one is the quarterback. They they have a lot of money committed to Sanchez. They brought in Tim Tebow, and uh the one thing you know when you bring in Tim Tebow, he's going to create a media circus. And uh New York is a place that they're not very media friendly. Uh, it's tough, man. It's so tough. Fireman Ed decided to hang it up. Hey, can you blame him, man? Some people want Tebow, some people want Sanchez. You, you just, you just never know, man. Hey, the San Diego Chargers, hey, did what they usually do. They lost again. The Ravens took care of them, man. And um, you know, what, what, what are we gonna do with this guy, Philip Rivers, man? Is he a player? Is he a pretender? He's really turning out to be a pretender. I just really, man, as a football player, a defensive player, the the one thing that get me with this game, and this is the only thing, is they're down, they're up thirteen to ten. It's fourth and twenty nine. They dump the ball to Ray Rice, an eight yard pass, and he gets thirty yards. That means your coach will be fired at the end of the season. I, I agree with you, man. I agree with. You. Hey, but how about Pittsburgh still losing to Cleveland Browns? With a rookie quarterback, you know, and I understand Charlie Batch is 37 years old, but come on, man, the Cleveland Browns and a rookie quarterback, and and six turnovers, hey, six turnovers. Uh, well, uh, Pittsburgh right now, they're they're hanging on for dear life for that uh one of the wild cards card spots, but uh, if Big Ben don't uh, come back, there there's no way they're going to be able to make the playoffs. You know, and and I think I think we're not hearing the entire story with Ben Roethlisberger. I think his shoulders are a little more injured than the Pittsburgh Steelers are are, are leading on to, man. And um, you know, Jacksonville Jaguars got a win yesterday. Wow, only their second win of the season. You know, they beat Tennessee. Not 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 saying a lot, but you know, we're close to Jacksonville. We see the Jaguars. We know how bad this team is, and for them to beat anybody, unless you know they had to be all on. I can. 
All I can say is go blue. Chad Henney has sparked <laughs> him. And uh, how about Shorts? Cecil Shorts, the receiver, man. Wow. He, he's made some big-time plays. Another game, another surprise uh, was uh, Kaepernick, uh, Colin Kaepernick for the San Francisco 49ers, getting a start over Aaron Smith. You know, normally guys don't lose their starting position to injury, but Aaron Smith has just had some bad luck throughout his NFL career. But the one thing I will say is uh, Kaepernick, man, he looked pretty good yesterday. He did have one mistake. He threw an interception. But uh, San Francisco looked good in defeating um, New Orleans Saints yesterday, 31-21. I would agree with that. Hey, and, and, and wow, this doesn't happen very often, but we had two wins in the state of Florida yesterday. The Miami Dolphins, they came up with a win over the Seattle Seahawks. You know, and, and you know, Tannehill is, is, is coming on. Um, you know, I, I said I thought maybe he was going to hit that rookie wall and, and maybe um, start to slide a little bit, but he seems to be hanging in there and holding on. And, uh, and I have to applaud him. I think he's, he's doing a decent job. You know, he beat another rookie quarterback yesterday, Russell Wilson. Hey, uh, to me, Miami, they're, they're a sleeper team, man. They're sitting at five and six. They let a couple games slip away early. Uh, I'm sure they're, they're, they're really kicking themselves because they could easily be seven and four. But, uh, at the end of the day, it's about handling your business and taking advantage of opportunities. Uh, there was a Reggie Bush sighting yesterday. He did a little sum. And, uh, hey, we, we were almost three and oh until the Atlanta Falcons, uh, rolled into Raymond James Stadium and, uh, Julio Jones had a big day for the um, Atlanta Falcons. Six catches, 147 yards. Uh, Atlanta's a team that's uh, they're 10 and one, but I'm 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 just not sold on Atlanta. A little too close to call for me in a lot of these games. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. And you know, as much as I like Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and, and Rowdy White and Tony Gonzalez, I'm just not so sold on on them. And and I was and I wasn't so sold on the guy Martin, the running back, the rookie running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm still not sold on him when I look at him for twenty twenty rushes, twenty one rushes for fifty yards. Hey, that just don't cut it in the NFL, man. No, it don't. No, it don't. Another game, Peyton Manning, you know, Denver Broncos and Kansas City, a close game. Uh, Denver Valley defeated, defeated Kansas City 17-9. Peyton Manning took a vicious hit yesterday and uh, took a concussion test, didn't miss any plays. He came back, finished the game strong. Uh, Denver sitting at 8-3. and three. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. We will be back next week at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Just like to thank everybody for tuning in. We're out. Don't eat no more of those turkey leftovers. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.